0: All right, let's put an end to all of this congratulating Strickland on the Stanley Cup. You did not play a minute... Okay, let's be strict. Strick, I'm happy for the Blues. I'm happy for people that support the Blues. Thank you for support. People like you. But why are people congratulating Andy well, Strickland? It's a rub-off congratulations. I, I, sense <laughs> a little bit, I sense
1: a little bit of jealousy no. there from Martin. I mean, I disagree. Here. I, mean, I disagree. Feel free to text in. He's upset no one's congratulating him. And nobody should You should have covered me. the Blues over the course of the last 20 years since you've been in the market. I have. And then, you know what? People would be saying, congratulations, Marty. On a great, great win. And, of course, uh, maybe have a hockey show. You should have a hockey show. I should too. have a, ho- should have a <laughs>
0: hockey show. It is true that people associate you with the team you cover most. Back in the day, especially in the middle of the summer, after training camp and preseason games, Mike Shannon would always come up to me and hey, how's your football team looking? And I would think, well, ah, not really my team. Especially when I think uh, you they, might go, they might yeah, go 2-14 you didn't, you this didn't year. You did want to
1: claim the team. Huh? Correct. Correct.
0: Yeah. But you were right. You did say the Blues to win the Stanley Cup within the next eight There's years.
1: another text right there saying congrats, congrats. on winning no, the Cup. No,
0: stop. Thank S- you. Stop texting, Strick. Stop congratulating, Strick. And stop partying, Strick. Let's clean it up, okay? You know
1: what? Uh, it's, it's only going to continue. we we'll are leave for uh, for Vancouver tomorrow, so it should be fun over the course of the next several days up in British Columbia. Does your wife like going to the draft she doesn't go to the draft. Okay. She picks which cities to go to. Because it's Vancouver, it's sellable. So she's right? going to that. Now, she doesn't. She'll, she's never gone to the draft. Like Buffalo, did she go with she you? She didn't go to Buffalo. Okay. She came to Chicago. She's gone to Montreal. She's gone to Florida. She's gone to, um, let's see, where else has she gone to? Miami? This is Chicago. smart. So she's making choices she went based to New York, on the city. She went city. to New York City with me a few years back as okay. well. Okay. So,
0: yeah. Are you aware the Blues don't have a first-round pick? as of now i have heard that okay i didn't know what your coverage minds were
1: congratulating me for winning i just won the cup and you're gonna ask me if i know that or not i just want to make
0: sure i'm assuming doug armstrong (laughs) knows that he's got a busy week in vegas and then they got oh crap there's a draft in fact has his team probably been doing a lot of work while the team was in the middle of the playoff run obviously the
1: whole amateur side is there doug armstrong will be there tomorrow he'll meet with his staff and go over a lot of things and he'll take care of a lot of business over the course of the next few days in Vancouver. He's got to meet with agents. He'll meet with Craig Berube. They're going to sit down there and start talking about the contract there for the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. So he's got a lot of business to take care of once he gets to uh, Vancouver. Actually, I think he met with Craig Berube during the time in Vegas right now because they're both there. So, um you know, I would expect some news on that coming up, uh, you know, over the course of the next several days.
0: A lot to get to. Strick is here. It's our Hockey Wednesday. Nobody embraces the Blues more than the noon hour on 590 <laughs> with Andy Strickland here. Text in at 855-282-8255. 855 282 Eighty-two fifty-five. Let's start with tonight in Vegas. Yeah.
1: Is Daddy's time of year? By the way, still in effect. Still going. despite the cup run being over. You know, it's funny. I took uh, little Chloe and Ivy to camp this morning, and hockey camp. My my phone was, <laughs> it wasn't hockey. Oh, camp. Okay, <laughs> can't play away. In case you're asking, um, but my phone rang a couple of times on the way. It's a very short drive, maybe six seven minute drive, and the phone rang a couple of times, and it was Roger. hockey conversation, and the wife. Not the wife. I'm sorry. Chloe, my daughter, says, when are you done working?
0: Oh, it never ends. The (laughs) hockey, you tell her, the hockey season, the commitment to the ice never ends. That's right. Uh, Tonight, all right, NHL Awards, Lady Bing, Mm -hmm. O'Reilly has won that before. Selkie, he has not won before. Yeah. Is he more likely to win one than the other because of the fact he's already won the Bing?
1: Yeah, I think he's more likely to win the Selkie. Got to be honest, and I don't even want to say likely. I mean, obviously he's got some stiff competition, but my gut feeling is that this is his year for the Selkie. You know, Patrice Bergeron has traditionally been the front runner. He's a finalist once again this year, um, but I think Ryan O'Reilly, even before the playoffs, you got to keep in mind the voting. For every award, except for the general manager of the year Which award. is
0: weird, I right? Know, I know. That's I know. after the second round of the playoffs. It's
1: like they forgot to vote. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah. All right, let's do that after the second round. So, I mean, three the three finalists for the GM of the year award were all in the conference final, right? I think the only one who didn't get... Uh, a nomination was Don Sweeney, maybe, from Boston? Oh, I believe he. it's Sweeney, Sweeney and
0: Carolina. It's Boston, Carolina, St. Louis so for Don the GMs. Waddell, so, oh, yeah. It was San Jose it was, it was, was Doug, not in it there. It was
1: Doug Wilson from San Jose who didn't get a nomination. And, you know, you can argue that he probably should have, you know, considering the season they had. He made some great off-season moves, bringing Eric Carlson on board. They decided him to a monster contract. Um, but I really feel like um, Ryan O'Reilly, even prior to the playoffs beginning, I think people realized the season that he had. His two-way ability, how he impacted the Saint Louis Blues. He got a ton of attention this season, being on a winning team, and I really believe this is going to be his year to win the Selkie Award, one of the prime, you know one of the premier awards you can win in the National Hockey League.
0: All right, Jordan Bennington up for Calder. They're mm-hmm. saying the kid from Vancouver is the front runner. I realize Bennington didn't play until January, but his numbers are pretty startling, and everybody knows the Blues aren't making their tremendous turnaround without him. Correct,
1: but you know Elias Pettersson who is the guy you're talking about from Vancouver. To be honest with you, I think the Calder Trophy voting took place in December. I mean, he was that good the first half of the season. They didn't look at his numbers in the second half compared to Bennington. Obviously, Bennington, it was more about him becoming a candidate more so than truly becoming a uh, you know contender to win the award. I mean, he's, a, he's obviously a contender. He's one of the top three, but Elias Pettersson got off to such a hot start had some unbelievable games, a couple of those against St. Louis in the first half of the season. But then if you look at his numbers in the second half of the year, I mean, he had stretches where he had several weeks where his numbers were down and several games in a row where he wasn't scoring, certainly wasn't scoring at the rate that he was in the first half of the year. So it's the tale of two two players, really. You've got Pedersen, who was the best rookie in the National Hockey League in the first half. Jordan Bennington was the best rookie in the NHL in the second half. But I think most people across the board who vote for this award truly believe it's Petterson's award. He will win the Calder, but we'll wait and find out tonight.
0: All right, and then we have Craig Berube, Jack Adams, again, voted after the regular season, does not include the great playoff run. John Cooper in Tampa Bay just dominated everybody, and again, they bowed out early. But if you just look at the numbers... And Barry Trotz, first year with the Islanders. I would think it's Coopers to lose. Is that
1: fair? Um, it's fair, but don't rule out Barry Trotz. Um, you know, when you look at I never do where the New York Islanders were last year, losing their best player in free agency, uh, John Tavares, who went and signed with Toronto, and the turnaround they had in New York. Um, you know, Barry Trotz, in the eyes of a lot of people out there who vote for that award as well, um believe that that he should win you know i mean john cooper had a historic season uh some people hold it against you as you know if you have the best team or the best players and again this is another award that's picked before the playoffs begin. before cooper got swept and lost in the first round to the columbus blue jackets nobody saw that coming so this is going to be an interesting race i think it's way tighter than you might think
0: so the most obvious to win is o'reilly winning the selkie and then Mm -hmm. doug armstrong Decent chance.
1: Decent chance. Don Waddell, though, when you look at, I mean, you know, the bunch of jerks and everything that came with their post-game celebrations and everything going on in Carolina, uh, nobody expected Carolina Hurricanes to do what they did and find themselves in the Eastern Conference Final, make the playoffs. You know, the Blues, I think, had the second-best record in the National Hockey League after January 1st behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. I want to say the Carolina Hurricanes were third so they were almost as good as the blues down the stretch they were unbelievable to find a way to get in uh to the playoffs through the back door um so i wouldn't be surprised if don waddell finds a way to take home that award um but again it's going to be a little probably a little tighter than you think and i think doug armstrong has a good chance as well when you consider they went from last to first as you know doug Ar- armstrong
0: has already won the gm award before as a blues. coach of the year yep. brian sutter red berenson Joel Quenville, Ken Hitchcock, so four times. And then rookie, only once, Barrett Jackman. Jacks mm-hmm. back in 2003. Only time the Blues have ever had the Calder Trophy. Mm-hmm. Big Al has championed. Beat it, Strick. 52 years. Congratulations to me. Mm. So he's got you by a couple I of can't years.
1: I give him congratulations after he let you borrow that replica.
0: He says the reason now they won is that I took the Maroon I mean, 7 to Game 7. It was in my bag in Boston. He is now was, equating that to the that win. That was
1: off the sales rack at Coles. I You're, think. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where you got that one. Um, that was the sixth jersey. They had the third jersey. <laughs> that may have been the sixth or seventh jersey. All right, the most interesting name out there,
0: of course, is Pat Maroon because he's the hometown guy, yeah. took the discount, whatever. I would think they have options to replace his spot you don't want to say that because he's had this historic run with his team and maybe for him even if you can get a little bit of money somewhere else get a couple of years i think that's got to be appealing
1: even the way you asked the question the other night when we were doing uh you know fox Two, you said hey you got to keep the band together i think a lot of people were thinking like you it's just not realistic you're not going to keep the band together you have changes every year um and you know the philosophy of the blues for years has always been hey you want to keep the older players the veteran guys hungry you want younger players coming in to push them for spots they got a lot out of pat maroon and i'm not going to sit here and say that he will or will not be back but i think they've got a tough decision to make and they may want a younger player who can play with maybe with a little more pace Um, and uh, to replace him, Carl Gunnarsson, obviously a UFA on the back end. They've got options there with some younger players. Nico Mikola is a guy who uh, is going to be on your all-name team, Martin, who played really, really good hockey in the spring for Finland. They won a gold medal at the World Championships, a former Blues draft pick. Um, You know, is a good hockey player, and I think they want to give him a strong look in training camp. Um, Is Cairo a guy who can crack the roster with ease? I don't want to say with ease. Um, But I think he cracks the roster, um, and they're hoping that he certainly does and shows up in camp and plays the way that he did in training camp last year and earns a spot. You know, um, he's a guy who plays on the right side, has electric speed. He was a point-per-game player, mostly down in the American Hockey League. He was an absolute rock star in the Ontario Hockey League, one of the best players to come out of junior before last season. And, again, they got him in the second round, so he's he's a hell of a draft pick. He had an injury late last year, still rehabbing that injury as we speak. Um, but Jordan Cairo for sure, I would think is going to be on this roster. And that's another reason why I think it maybe makes certain players expendable, including a guy like Pat Maroon, who obviously will be a St. Louis Blue forever when you you know consider the, uh, the goal that he scored in Game 7 against the Dallas Stars. No one's going to forget that.
0: Clem Costin, one of my favorite names out there. Candidly, Clem. he and I are very tight. It's not Kim. Clem. Yes,
1: that's what I said. I know you did. Clint
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh does he have a? Is he an outside chance to make it, or is he? A, <laughs> give me a couple of names that you think are going to be prominent next year that weren't this year.
1: Well, I just think Mitch Ranky is the guy on defense, along with Nico Mikula. Those are guys who you look at right are now. Are you making that name up? No. Okay, it's a great name though. It's kind of like Capo Caco, who's going to be the second overall pick coming up in the draft. On <laughs> have, you, have you
0: flipped from uh, Wallman to Nico as, your, as the, the next up left shot defenseman? You know,
1: I think, listen, the fact that Jake Wallman, uh, you know, he was here as a black ace for a little while, um, you know, in the playoffs. And I really like Jake Wallman's skating ability. I mean, this guy is like Scotty Niedermeyer in terms of how he can skate and move the puck with his legs he's a one-man breakout but you know there's other tendencies in his game that he's going to have to alleviate from and i think he was probably better at doing that this year i still think he's on the radar the guy has too much talent and i think at some point in time he will play in the national hockey league but what kind of push he makes this spring uh or next fall i should say in training camp really remains to be seen i i, I would never rule out um, a guy like Jake Wallman, but obviously we're going to have to wait and find out. But he's certainly on the radar, a guy who is, you know, won a national championship at Providence. The organization was extremely high on him when he first turned pro and uh, just really hasn't gone as planned for him, but he's got too much ability to, to, to completely rule him out. Um, but Clem Coston is a guy that I think um, – Because he
0: doesn't he, he play a heavy game? He, he plays a heavy well, game. I'm saying is that if you don't have a maroon on the roster, yeah. if it comes to that, so there's I, a name where you could have some heaviness.
1: 100%. 100%. So I think he's a guy who will push – he will push. Maybe this is the year where he gets some call-up responsibility and uh, you know, finds his way kind of coming up and down as opposed to making the team out of training camp. But again, if he has a great preseason, really strong camp, that'll be all the difference in the world for a guy like Clem Costin, who brings a little bit of skill, needs to improve his skating. I think he has improved his skating over the course of the last year or so since he came over to uh North America. He was the youngest player. In the American Hockey League, not this season, but last season. So he's still a very young guy, very raw in terms of his ability. But like you said, he packs a punch. He plays with a little bit of meanness as well. Um, he'll defend his teammates, uh, and he can certainly, uh, you know, put the puck in the net when given the opportunity. Because, so I'll, I'll be interested to see where he's. Because at style-wise, don't you think, I mean, they
0: are who they are now. They finally they bought into that. That's the Ruby thing. Yeah. It's sort of who the roster is. I'm just guessing. It used to be when they would lose, Doug Armstrong mm-hmm. would say, "All right, we need to be faster." And then the next, they'd say, "Well, we need to be heavier." And we would always joke they were always the opposite year but to I, year. T-
1: I talked about this yesterday on NHL Network. I, listen, everyone's calling. Uh, uh, I, we saw it. Okay, uh, we were all we were all watching. Uh, but so, I've watched more NHL Network in the last three months than I have in the last it. three years. You know, everyone refers my to, guy Rupper. Everyone refers to the Blues as a heavy team. You know, listen, I. I don't disagree with that. I think they're heavy on the back end for sure. When you look at Pareko and Bertuzzo and Edmondson, you know, Petrangelo's not a small guy. But, you know, early in the year and for the first half of the season, everyone was calling the Blues slow. I I don't look at them as heavy. I mean, Jaden Schwartz is not a heavy player. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sundquist, uh, Alexander Steen. I mean, these are guys that just played balls to the wall. And people, you know, the question was, Do you see other teams try to mimic the St. Louis Blues and copy the Blues? We heard that for years, you know, when the Chicago Blackhawks would win the Cup, other teams would say we need to get more skilled. When L.A. would win the Cup, teams would say we need to get heavier. You want to copy the St. Louis Blues, you just need to, you know, find a coach who can get the most out of his players, get his players to truly buy in, and get his players to play as hard as the St. Louis Blues played because nobody played as hard as the Blues did over a two-month period. You can even go back to the end of the regular season as well, or the second half of the regular season. But they had a combination of goaltending that makes all the difference in the world. But the buy-in is the backside pressure, the gap from their defensemen. Um, They didn't just run around looking to make contact. I mean, they played with structure, but they played harder than every team they played against, and that was the difference. So did they play a heavy game? They probably played a heavy style But let's not confuse a lot of these guys who played hard as being your prototypical heavy players. They just played their balls off.
0: Is is Shen the best example of a two-way player? Because he's he's physical, but he's skilled. You have some guys, Schwartz is not going to bang the crap out of people, but he's very skilled. And yet Shen is a guy who's got a lot of skill, but also delivers a lot of hits.
1: Well, and that's what I mean when I say, listen, you know, Perron, O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Schwartz, these are skilled players, right? These are guys that can make plays with the puck. Um, but you know, you mean know, your prototypical two-way player is is Ryan O'Reilly. That's why he's up for the Selkie. You know, I mean, this is your this is a guy that you want, especially the fact that he's a centerman. Um, you know, Braden Sh- uh, Shen. You know, he came to St. Louis with a reputation of maybe being a little bit sleepy at times, where his game would fall to fall asleep over certain stretches. It's
0: like a nice uh, way of critiquing a player. Yeah, he no, gets a little sleepy at no, times, but he
1: but, but he always produced offensively. He was great on the power play in Philadelphia. And, you know, he certainly produced offense his first year here. He was lights out last year, had great chemistry playing with Jaden Schwartz. But I thought his defensive game and his commitment to playing inside his own end went to a completely higher level um, in the playoffs. And once he was moved to the center position, he wants to be a center. He doesn't want to be a winger. He wants to play center. And I think he just looked comfortable in that situation. But for sure, you look at a guy who impacted both ends of the ice, especially in the Stanley Cup final, look no further than number 10.
0: Hockey Wednesday here on the Midday Grind. Coveted Hour on 590 The Fan. Martin Kilquin, Andy Strickland. we got Matt Rocky, Brian Hoffman here in the house this hour. Brought to you by Offenburg Hyundai, located in O'Fallon, Illinois. You need a hockey wagon? They can hook <laughs> you up. Pre-owned vehicle. In fact, if you've identified or located a car, type that you want you got a year make model let them know matt offenberg and his team they'll find that car for you part of the great service you get at offenberg hyundai the original hyundai dealer in this area 1989 30 year anniversary they were the first to bring hyundai to this area now that brand has grown they've hired the top designers and engineers so you have award-winning cars and when you get a hyundai from offenberg you're going to get great service before during and after the sale offenberg hyundai located you know, Fallon, Illinois, Highway 64, Offenburghunday.com. All right, not important, but a lot of people have been asking lately mm-hmm. what is the OB Clark connection to the Blues? We know Quenville always went there. Doug White took the cup there. Yeah. I believe it dates back to the Blues skating in Brentwood, mm-hmm. right? At mm-hmm. the old rink there that, that was their practice facility. Yeah. And the old OB Clarks was in the strip mall where Whole Paycheck is now located there. Correct. Right, so was that it they just would go there after practice yeah, back in the day? And they've
1: always had great relationships, you know, with the St. Louis Blues players. That was continued on by, you know, guys like Keith Kachuk and Doug Waite when they were here. Um and now we see that with Alexander Steen, who has a great relationship. Craig Berube has a great relationship with Jimmy and Joe O'Brien, Steve Ott, those guys are in there all the time during the course of the regular season. Um and I just love the fact that they support one another. And they continue to do that even when You know, the attention on the Blues is at its highest. You know, they go to Schneidhorst as well. they got a great relationship with Jimmy Schneidhorst. They had their team-only party there after they advanced to the Stanley Cup final, Um, getting past San Jose. They've had team-only parties, players-only parties there for years over at Schneidhorst as well with Jimmy Schneidhorst. But, you know, even Dougie Wade, I went to his cup party back in 2006 when he won the, the Stanley Cup with Carolina and he part of his party was at Obi Clark, so these guys have been doing this for years, but again, it's how they're treated uh, how Jimmy and Joe O'Brien take care of the players, protect the players when they're in there, and you know these guys these guys like to go to a spot that they're comfortable going to, and they know they're not going to be hassled, but it's going to be a welcoming atmosphere, and uh, where ownership is going to take care of them and Obi Clark's has done that. For years and years and it's not just the blues players but it's blues staffers other people around the organization media it's it's the hockey community Strix was
0: there with uh, the the lovely missus planning their Vancouver getaway (laughs) might have been there a little late every time I see Jimmy O'Brien he said Martin would you just say we close at one stop saying we're there till X amount in the morning that's true close at one
1: but they are they're part of the hockey community you know Joe O'Brien's son Joe O'Brien you know grew up playing hockey here in St. Louis and um so, you know, hockey parents, you know, we have hockey parties, whatever. Hey, we always head up to Obi Clark's. It's the spot you want to go to to watch games. NHL officials, when they're on the road coming into St. Louis to work games, will find themselves at OB Clark's. There's always a hockey game on. You'll have multiple games on. And, uh, you know, I did Hockey Sense there for, for years. You know, Candidly, I remember. Prior to moving on to uh, to Schneidhorst, where we are right now. But, again, it's a, uh, it's just a great spot. Centrally located. And they got good pizza, too.
0: Okay, back to matters at hand. Jordan Bennington, we know about the sensation, and that he wins 16 postseason games. That's a record for a rookie, passing up people like Patrick Waugh along the way. Mm-hmm. How good is he? I mean, at this point, <clears throat> is he a franchise? I guess he already changed the franchise because right. they won the Cup. Right. But moving forward... There's always these teams who have elite goalies. Do the Blues now have a, an elite goalie? Can well, we say that?
1: I think they believe they have one. I mean, the one thing preventing the Blues from ever winning a Stanley Cup before has been the goaltending position. They've had good teams, great teams, uh, teams with Hall of Famers on the roster. The top four winningest coaches in the history of the of the St. Louis Blues have significant history with the organization. Um, so, you know, I've try been, been trying to explain that to people outside of St. Louis as well because they're kind of like, hey, we've never seen – a NHL team win the Stanley Cup and have it celebrated by so many of the alumni. Like when the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Cup, you're not seeing players from the 80s and the 70s hanging out on the ice, lifting the Stanley Cup. It just doesn't happen. I wonder if they did in 91,
0: like when it's the first
1: time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. So, I mean, uh, and again, same with other organizations. It's just that's why I always use the term hockey community because obviously they're a big part of it. Uh, the alumni are. You look at how many alumni have stayed here, but they're visible. They don't hide. And this means as much to, the, to them as it does to the current players. And I'll give the current players credit for including the alumni, Um, you know, for you know realizing what this means to them and, and how long St. Louis and the organization has been waiting for something like this. So, But do you um, think Bennington around but, the but league has
0: the respect? I mean, oh, everybody was, says now you hey, got yourself a winner.
1: You win a Stanley Cup um it's not just what he did this has never been done before you just mentioned 16 wins in the postseason but to come out of nowhere and to people who truly know jordan pinnington he didn't come out of nowhere this guy was a third round pick which is relatively high for a goaltender he won an ohl championship he was named the top goaltender at the memorial cup he represented canada in the world juniors he was an american hockey league all-star it's not like He just couldn't play. I mean this guy has did he work at the high
0: V He didn't that would've helped he did not
1: work at the high V. In fact the Boston Bruins tried to trade for him last year and the Blues knew they needed another goaltender in San Antonio, so they didn't accept the trade and they qualified him to bring him back obviously not seeing what would eventually happen but how could you not call him the real deal with what he's doing right now and how he impacted the playoffs in each individual series how great he was in the first period of game seven his bounce back ability after having a subpar game knowing that he's going to come back and show up in the following game this guy obviously did that now his contract is going to be interesting to pay attention to What is the value of winning a Stanley Cup? And, you know, you have an idea of what he's going to come in asking for. He's got arbitration rights, so that certainly is in play. Matt Murray is a guy who uh, people have compared him to, who won a Stanley Cup his first couple years in the league with Pittsburgh, but he didn't have arb rights, so his contract really isn't a true comp. But if Jake Allen's making $4.35 million right now and he signed his contract, a four-year deal at the age of 25, you got to figure that Jordan Bennington's going to ask for at least that, don't you think? At least 4.36. Yes. At least.
0: Uh, yeah. Gary Kornfeld, longtime coach at the U High, football coach, there, says, We put Obi Clark's on the map. It was the Obi Clark softball team at Brentwood Park back in the early 80s. So, How about that? Joel Quenville Are hanging out there. I think
1: fighting over it now. I right? think he's
0: kidding, Gary. <laughs> the softball team in the 80s or the Stanley Cup appearing there in the 2000s. And, uh, and yeah,
1: and the, and the Cup's I been preferred. there several times now. You know, listen, uh, it's no, it's, no, it's no surprise, and it's not a coincidence that the entire team ended up there. and The visual, that and, was
0: great because of the balcony.
1: And let me tell you this, though. Every game they won throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, it was like that. I mean, it was like a Stanley Cup celebration, minus the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fans outside. But the patio would be completely packed. The bar would be packed. We'd hang out very very late the players would come in i mean it was uh it, it was like that for quite some time over the course of this two-month stretch and to see it kind of culminate into what took place the day after they won the stanley cup is unbelievable
0: i'm hoping that people are paying for drinks too i mean i'm sure there's a big waltz probably, probably okay. got a tab I think okay they did okay it's not just guys just i had running. a tab you had a tab <laughs> that you ripped up waltz got me don't worry all right, it's hockey Wednesday here. Strick is here. Text in 855. If you want to congratulate Andy, feel free. 855-282-8255. Moving forward, what's next? And we'll talk about not just some of the roster decision, but whose whose stock is up mm-hmm. after this historic run, whose stock may be down a little bit. And also uh for the franchise now, chances to repeat, chances to win the division. Uh let's dig into that. We'll take your text. More with Strick on Five Nine of the Fan. Yes.